Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey West. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today we are talking about In the Heights, which is on HBO Max, is also in theaters, based off the Broadway musical by Lynn manuel Miranda, who did Hamilton. So this should be an interesting one to talk about. Musicals can always be a little divisive. So mm-hmm. excited to discuss this one here on uh, today's show. I am too, Jared. I agree with you. It can be divisive. And I actually asked people I knew who had seen this movie for feedback because I kind of wanted to know what they liked, what they didn't like. And I'm not, um, as much as I love musicals and stuff, I haven't seen these things on Broadway. So I know some people who have, and I was kind of asking for opinions on what do you like that they did here versus Broadway or what do you think they did poorly? So I've got plenty to add to this conversation today. Very nice. So first, though, we do have some news, uh, some movie news, but then also personal news as well, uh, because you may have heard Katie mention in the intro that her last name's different, and that's because she got married. So I did. (laughs) Yes. So I hyphenated, also controversial, (laughs) but I'm hyphenating my last name. Jared was at the wedding. We have pictures, Um, but that's why we had to record so many episodes, too, was so I could go get married and go on a honeymoon and all that. So Jared was gracious enough to help me with that. But it was lovely. I'm so glad you were there. And I'm actually really glad we had a wedding with people because we very seriously considered eloping. But I'm really glad we had a wedding. It was a wonderful day. It was fun. So and the weather was like great, too. It really was. Also, we'll always (laughs) remember that Arjun in the middle of the vows, Arjun had a cicada land on his shoulder. (laughs) That was funny. Uh, I hope there's a professional picture of that. Of a cicada on Arjun. Yeah. Yes. He was so, really calm, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because he d- he likes bugs way less. I'm okay. much more tolerant of insects. And he was very calm. Very stoic. Yeah. When yeah. that happened. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have some some celeb news, most revolving around relationships. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer is heating up. They went on vacation together to uh, yeah. I think Universal Studios or somewhere. They're mm-hmm. at a theme park. So and the kids were there. Yeah. Ben- um, Jennifer's kids were there. Yes. So that was fun. Little uh, little fun time there. And then also Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani got married. There's been rumors for years like they're going to get married. And all the gossip magazines are like they're getting married in, in three months. It's happening. Yep. And, and nobody knew. And then they just got married over Fourth of July weekend. So, yep. So congrats to both of them. They seem like a good couple. So they do. I'm like, I'm not invested in them, but I am really happy for them. Um, I would say I'm oddly much more invested in Benifer. I'm calling it Benifer 2.0 because I feel like we had the first round years ago. And so now we are, there's a new generation to care about Benifer. That's true. So whole new, whole new ball game there. And also Mm -hmm. uh, James Michael Tyler, who played Gunther on Friends is battling stage four prostate cancer. So best of luck to him in that battle. Uh, Never good news to find out, especially when it's already in later stages like stage four. So, but best of luck to him on that. And then also Katie, I wanted to, uh, since this is a episode about a movie musical, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, guys and dolls is getting a remake and will be remade uh, into another movie that is going to be directed by the same guy that did Chicago and the live action uh, Beauty and the Beast. So, Oh, wow. I did not know that. 
I will be honest, though, because I always try to be honest on the show. I do not know the premise of Guys and Dolls. I okay. know it is a very loved musical. Um, Chicago is one of my favorite musicals, especially the movie version. Loved it. Beauty and the Beast live action. Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney movie of all time. Live action was really good. That being said, I've never watched it again. I watched it one time and I was done. Didn't even buy yeah. it on DVD. Same here. Um, but I think it was beautifully done. So if the same person is doing that, that did Chicago and Beauty and the Beast, then I think it's going to be good. Yeah, I think it, it could be decent for sure. So yes. they don't know, don't know when it's coming out. It literally just got the director yesterday. So it's probably still a few years away, but okay. it's, it's in motion. So we'll also, see if it we- beats Avatar, though. Yeah, will it be will Avatar two come out first or guys? Who and knows? Dolls? So. Who knows? I have more on that in our F nine episode. Oh boy, cannot mm-hmm. wait to hear about Avatar two. So, uh, also uh, we have a correction during our summer movie preview episode. We mentioned yes. a film called uh, False Positive that is now out on Hulu, and we thought it was maybe a comedy, and mm-hmm. it is it is definitely not a comedy. No, so <laughs> I, that was this is my bad. And it was because I listened to the episodes. I've said that before because I always want to know what things I say over and over or if I've embarrassed myself and to catch mistakes. This was a huge one. Um, I haven't watched it yet, though, Jared. But once I found out it was a thriller, I was like, ooh, now I really want to watch it. Um, But I know that it uh, has Pierce Brosnan in it and it's uh, Justin Theroux. And it's about a woman. It has something to do with a fertility situation, but I thought it was going to be funny. It's not. Okay, good to know. So yeah. uh, it's on Hulu, though, if you would like to check that out. So um, now we do have some recommendations. I don't really have many recommendations. I think last time we recorded, I had started Mayor of Easttown. And uh, I've now you and I have now both finished Mayor of Easttown on HBO. And that is a great little miniseries if you want to if you want to check that out, if you like crime thriller type stuff, this is a great miniseries with the Kate Winslet. Um, so really good though. You and I both really enjoyed that on HBO. Oh, I mean, liked it is an understatement. I think if we really, Jared, you've turned me onto a couple things in the last month or so that I think are going to be two of my favorite things of the entire year. Mayor of Easttown is one of them. And then Ted Lasso. I feel like those are two of the best things I've seen in all of 2021 so far. Um, And we're halfway through. So that's saying something. And also, again, people we talked about, Mayor of Easttown is M-A-R-E, like a horse mayor. Yep. It's Kate Winslet. (laughs) She's basically like, give me that Emmy now because she is so freaking good. So Arjun and I watched this on our honeymoon and I actually texted Jared Um, Arjun will rarely, he rarely sits and watches a whole show with me or he'll fall asleep or he'll go have something else to go do, or he's just not in, you know, we have different interests, but he sat down. I said, Jared recommended this. We were on vacation. We were at an Airbnb and it had HBO. Like that was just part of it. And so in the evenings, you know, you spend your whole day on the beach and have cocktails and stuff. So we were like, let's watch TV. We watched the whole thing in two and a half days. <laughs> Could not stop. And Arjun was as invested in it as I was. I remember there was one night even I was like, well, maybe I'll go to bed or go read for a while. And he was like, no, no. Do you want to watch another episode? <laughs> so we loved it. It was so freaking good. And Arjun is not nearly as into thrillers and crime as I am either. So that was cool that it cost, caught his interest. But everyone, if you need recommendations, listen to Jared because he clearly <laughs> knows what's up. Uh, another thing that I have been watching along with Allison that is not high class TV, but is fun to watch is the, the new season of too hot to handle yes! is out on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> I was 
was hoping that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> I haven't finished it yet, uh, but you know, oh, it's... I did. Okay, I haven't finished it, but I like. So the first season, if you don't know, too hot to handle. They get all these these attractive people, like like they could be models. Half of them are uh, on an island somewhere or in a resort or whatever, and then they basically can't have like any physical contact with one another, and they're all competing right. for money. And every time they break the rules by like kissing or making out or doing something more they lose money yes. um but i like i haven't gotten to it yet but this season i like how it it changed a little bit where they said not every person is going to win the same amount of money so i thought that was kind of yeah. nice because some people break a lot of rules and some people don't break any rules at all or very few so the fact that everybody that's the one thing i didn't like about the first season is that everybody got the same amount no matter how many rules you were breaking mm-hmm. so sounds like they changed that on this season again i haven't finished it yet but I think I'm halfway, about halfway through right now. So, well, I flew through it. I watched it by myself, of course. Also, if you all came from a home like I did, um, with parents that maybe monitored it a little bit more, what you were watching, this is a definitely a graphic show. Uh, involves adult themes, if you know what I'm saying. So, don't watch it around your parents, and it's not for kids 12 and under. I would say. No. Um, that being said, I'm like, it's again, it's like a dumpster fire for me. It's like the Bachelor franchise where I'm like. I know this is trash, but it makes me so happy to watch it. And so I loved it too, Jared. I am with you. I can't believe I didn't put that on my recommendations. And sometimes the couples do really form like lasting connections. So sometimes not every couple will. That's usually not the case at all. But sometimes there's one or two that will go on to have a a meaningful relationship, even if they don't date after the show's over. Maybe they have a a friendship or or something like that, not just a casual like acquaintance. So right. And then all I have are some books to recommend because Mare of Easttown, I think I've talked to that up enough. Um, I did, not bragging, but I brought six books on the honeymoon and I read five. I just want to point Impressive. that out because some people were like six books and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be sitting on a beach and on airplanes, of course. Also, do they not so, know who you are? Like- I know. people. <laughs> some people just don't know, but I didn't want to brag about it, but I, I loved the book. I There was one book I had checked out from the library that was the sixth book, and I got about 200 pages in, and I was like, I just can't with this. So I returned okay. it. Life's too short. Yeah, um, yep. But I wanted to recommend five, oh, no, four of the books. The fifth one was fine, but Maidens by Alex Michelades or Michelades, I've I'm sorry, I don't know how to say that. He also wrote The Silent Patient. It was a thriller. Came out through Book of the Month. The Maidens, Just Maidens, is his follow-up. It ties into The Silent Patient, but if you haven't read The Silent Patient, you don't have to, to understand this book. Okay, good to know. Super good. I read The Silent Patient, and I thought it was pretty good for a thriller. It also wasn't super long, which was nice. No, neither was this one, but this one's good, and it's in, um, I think it's Oxford campus. It's in England. I mean, that's like, that's my bread and butter. Cool. Um, Then Shipped. Shipped is the perfect beach read. If you are looking for a cute, fun, light, good plot beach read, Shipped is it. It is Angie Hawkman wrote it. I think it came out a year or two ago, but I know that last summer, I know for sure everybody was reading it. So I picked up a paperback, loved it, read it in a day. Um, Malibu Rising, that's another book of the month pick. That's by Taylor Jenkins Reid. She also wrote The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and also Daisy Jones and the Six, which everybody is raving about, was raving about last year. So this is a standalone book called Malibu Rising. Really good. Before, if anybody does want to know, out of those three that I mentioned, it's probably my third favorite. Um, but that's just because I liked the subject matter and the other two better. But it was super good. Quick read. 
sorry for the motorcycles outside. It really, <laughs> if That's anyone, okay. I had a train uh, pass by here not too long ago, oh, so okay. that might happen again. <laughs> um, also, this is live, everyone. Um, also, the Starcross Sisters of Tuscany. I had seen this everywhere too. I got this in paperback, so I know it came out a while ago. It's by Lori Nelson Spielman. Again, I think this is one that I saw a bunch last year. Read it. Um, we had a flight delay coming back from. We went to the Virgin Islands, and we were coming back, and we had a delay of nine hours, and we were at the airport Ooh. three hours early. <laughs> so we were twelve hours in an airport with one room. You couldn't go anywhere else. It's a tiny, it's the smallest airport I've ever seen in my life no central air. It was a nightmare. However, the rest of the honeymoon was perfect. So I read all of that to say, this book saved my life. I read it in one day. That was how I got home, was reading that book. And I, on Instagram, posted about it and she commented on my post. The author did. Very cool. Super cool. She's very nice. But if you want to read that again, it was just a delightful read. It's about um, it's it takes place in Italy and it's about sisters. There's a curse in their family. It was a really cute, like original idea. But Hmm. all of those, I would say, are fairly light reads, but they were all really enjoyable. Like, I don't regret spending time reading any of those on my honeymoon. Very nice. So with that, we will move into our discussion on In the Heights, released June 10th. We're getting to this a little bit late since we did have a couple of weeks off, but we still want to talk about it because it was a popular movie for the beginning of June. It is probably still uh, playing in some theaters. I think it might be off of HBO Max now for that they'll bring it back in a in a little while, but they're only on there for a couple of weeks at a time, and then they move them off. Basically, all their all those releases on HBO Max are also in theaters, and um, they're on there for like a couple of weeks, maybe a month, something like that, and then they kind of move on. So you might be able to still catch it on HBO Max. If not, it'll be on there again soon, and it's still playing in theaters. Rated PG thirteen, suggestive references and some language. Two hours and 23 minutes. It didn't need to be as long as the Broadway musical, but it it basically is. Um, That's exactly what I said to Arjun. <laughs> I'm not sitting in a theater watching this. So no, I was like, I was like, like are an they... actual like theater where they hold plays and stuff. Yeah. Yes. I thought it was an accident. I was like, oh, are they giving the actual runtime when you see it in the theater? And then I was like, no, this is the movie. Wow. <laughs> and oddly enough, because I did the notes for F9. Also, two hours and 23 minutes. How weird is that? That is very odd. So IMDb, this is a 7.5 out of 10. And then Rotten Tomatoes Critics is 96%. Audience, 94%. So everybody pretty much liking it. IMDb is a little bit lower down uh, in the ratings. Box office-wise, 27 million domestically, 35 million worldwide. That's been one of the talking points about this movie is that it didn't make as much money at the box office as they maybe expected it to so it's it's not it's not a box office bomb by any means but when you have you know a musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda and some fairly Anthony Ramos and some other fairly big stars in the movie uh I think they expected it to do a little better so it's a little little underperforming for them and if you don't know the synopsis is a film version of the Broadway musical in which Shuznave a sympathetic New York bodega owner saves every penny Every day as he imagined and sings about a better life. So that's that's basically what, what happens in the movie. <laughs> so uh, first up for our critics reviews, we have Linlay Ma of news.com.au who says, with its big-hearted, vibrant celebration of community hope and heritage, In the Heights is a movie that's infused with life and verve. So 
Agreed. Good summation. Yes. Also, we have Wendy Eyed of The Observer who says, unpeel the song and dance romance and escapism. And there's a socially engaged issue led drama under the sparkle and pizzazz. And we also have Thelma Adams of AARP Movies for Grownups. Who <laughs> I says, love that. While the adaptation doesn't reach Hamilton Heights, a movie celebrating communal creativity and joy and adversity is a fine fit for our return to theaters. I thought that was an exceptional quote. I loved nice. that soundbite from her. So great job. And then finally, we have David Stratton of The Australian, who says, while the individual musical sequences range from the exciting to the charming, the film drags in spots, despite that it's a must for musical lovers. So do agree that it drags and that some musical numbers are like, oh my gosh, this is so cool what they're doing with the camera work and the choreography. And and then some are just like, this is, this is kind of just going really slow. So... So it's directed by John Cho, uh, who is an alumnus of the USC School of Cinema and Television. He's directed a lot of stuff um, throughout his career, including Step Up 2, Step Up to the Streets, uh, Justin Bieber's Never Say Never concert uh, film documentary, mm-hmm. G.I. Joe Retaliations, and Crazy Rich Asians. And next up, he's directing China Rich Girlfriend, which is the second in the Crazy Rich Asians uh, book series. So, yes, I've been meaning to read that. I've had that book for three years and have not read it. So I have to read it this year. You still and have also, time. <laughs> I do think he is John M. Chu. Chu. Okay. I didn't I know if so. it was Chu or Chu. So. I think it's Chu because okay. I've heard people talking about it, but I could also be wrong. Okay. So he's got quite a uh, eclectic directing mm-hmm. career. Some action movies, some musicals, some, you know, concert things, uh, lots of different stuff. So we will take a quick break here on the Silver Screen Podcast, then come back, talk about our likes and dislikes and the cast for In the Heights. And we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about In the Heights, which is in theaters and also was on HBO Max. We'll return there as well. And this movie has a large cast. It's got a lot of extras, people dancing, all that stuff. But the main people that you're following are not too many. There's a few multiple storylines going on. But the main character is Anthony Ramos. Yes. And before anybody questions why there's not a crush alert, I for sure have a crush on him, but I felt like my crush list was getting excessive and needed to like dial it back a bit. So love Anthony Ramos. He plays Uznavi. I have not finished. That song is still playing in my head from that movie. And I saw it over two weeks ago. (laughs) Um, Anyway, he is three years younger than I am. He was born in Brooklyn, New York. He is best known for playing John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton in the original Broadway production of Hamilton and was also, again, in the movie, the film version that they showed on Disney+. Plus. He was also in A Star is Born, that is the version with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, and the movie Honest Thief. Next up, you can see him in the movie Distant and also Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Oh, I'm sure that will be good. Trans- oh, absolutely. An Oscar winner for sure. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Corey Hawkins. He plays Benny. He looked extremely familiar to me now. I know why. He is an actor and producer. He is best known for playing Dr. Dre in Straight Out of Compton. And he also had roles in Black Klansman and Kong Skull Island. Next up, you can see him in Last Voyage of Demeter and the TV series Americana. And I think he was the one that maybe surprised me the most because like Anthony Ramos, you know, he can sing. He was in Hamilton. But, you know, you take a look at Corey Hawkins, who's done mostly dramatic stuff throughout his career. And it's like, Mm -hmm. wow, this guy has some 
has some pipes. Like he, he can, was he so, can belt it. <laughs> he was so good. And I thought he looked familiar that I wondered if he was in Hamilton and I forgot. Um, so I immediately looked him up to figure out what I knew him from, but it was from black Landsman. Nice. Then we have Melissa Barrera. She plays Vanessa, gorgeous woman. Um, she is a 4th of July baby, so happy belated to you, Melissa, if you listen to this podcast. Um, she is originally from Mexico. I say that because this was her first, her American feature film debut. Okay. But she was accepted to a collaborative arts program that was part of Tisch School for the Arts in New York. So she went there, um, but she did leave because she was asked to join a Mexican reality show. I thought that was interesting. And from there, she just kept earning roles. She was in telenovelas and later films and then was picked for this film. And then next up, you can see her in the latest installment of the Scream franchise. Good to know. I didn't know they were still making those. So. I didn't either. And I checked and it did say 2022. Okay. And there then, we go. <laughs> yes. And as Jared said, this movie has so many stars and a lot of these people too, I definitely knew them and I knew a lot of their names, but if their names sound familiar or if you see them on the previews and stuff, but don't know their names, they're very, all of these people I think were recognizable in some capacity. So this movie is also starring Leslie Grace, Olga Meredith, Gregory Diaz, the fourth, Jimmy Smits, Dasha Polanco, who was in um, Orange is the New Black. Mark Anthony, yes, the Mark Anthony, who was married to J-Lo, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and Daphne Rubin-Vega. Yes, big, big cast with a lot of different uh, actors and actresses in it. So we will now talk about our likes and dislikes for this movie. Obviously, one of the big likes is it's a musical, so it's going to have a lot of musical numbers. And for the most part, those musical numbers were pretty solid. The dancing was really cool in them, the choreography, um, all that type of stuff, and that takes so much time and practice to make sure that everybody is on the same page and knows exactly what they're doing when the cameras are rolling. So to have some of these to not just have one big dance number in this movie, but multiple big dance numbers with a lot of people in them was very impressive to see. Yes. And dancing, uh, I've mentioned 1800 times. I have a background in dancing, but I just love dance in general. And the choreography in this movie was unreal. And especially when you have that many people, like when they have the scenes where it's all the people in the street to organize that many people and have them look so in sync and so precise with their movements. That's really a testament to the choreographer. Um, so they did a fantastic job and I just, I just loved the dancing. I thought it was very, um, you know, you got a lot of Latin elements, which that's what this movie is celebrating too. So I really liked that, but they did a terrific job with choreography. Yes, they definitely did. And there's, uh, I haven't read this article, but I just see this, this headline. Um, the opening scene, I guess, took a long, long time to film and then also to edit as well, which is a, oh. a big dance number, which makes sense since there's yeah. just so many people in it. So, um, also the cast was great as well. Everybody did a really good job in their roles. Um, thought everybody was, was pretty solid and played their parts very well, added a lot of depth to their characters. Um, so really enjoyed the cast for this movie and a very diverse cast as well, which is always nice to see too. Yes, I completely agree with you, Jared. I loved too the mixture of names, people like Jimmy Schmidt, Jimmy Smiths that we've seen in so many things before. And uh, Polanka, she has been in Dasha Polanka. She's been in so many different things since Orange is the New Black. Her career has really taken off. There were, but I loved that there was a mixture of maybe older, just just slightly older, um, Lat 
Latina and Latino actors, and then also young people as well, and some new faces. Like Jared and I even talked about Corey Hawkins, not even realizing what a singing voice he had. So I thought they did a really good mixture of age groups and also um, their background too, and really just celebrating. I'll I'll keep saying that over and over because my favorite part of this film was just how much they celebrated the Latin culture. We don't get enough of that. I'm really looking forward to, well, kind of. West Side Story this year for that reason, not because of who's in it, but for the same reason, which is what I think made West Side Story so magnificent, was that it celebrated people from Puerto Rico and other places that we don't normally get to see when when everything is very whitewashed here. Hey, get ready. Ansel Elgort probably going to be going on that press Gross. tour in the next couple of months. Gross. So. <laughs> Hit up all the late night shows for... Oh. For West Side Story. Uh, also, uh, another like of this movie is the sets and the colors and all that stuff is very cool. There's even some certain sequences where they use a lot of colors, like they show murals on the side of uh, buildings at one point throughout the movie. They do a lot of stuff with wardrobe, just very colorful wardrobe like the scenes in the the hair salon are very like colorful um yes. as well and at the pool um so those were really used very well and it added a lot of like um life to this movie i guess is what i would say is it just made it pop and it made it stand out a little bit more on screen yes i so We'll get into this more in dislikes, but ultimately what stood out to me about the film was not the plot. Um, Yeah, it definitely wasn't the storyline. It was the color. It was the culture, different culture um, and backgrounds that I saw both with the actors, with the food, with the dancing, with the decorations, with even the clothing. It was all so stunning and vibrant. And it, I felt like that jumped off the screen and meant more to me and showed more to me of that, um, cultural identity than the plot did yeah i would agree so and then obviously the songs there's some very catchy songs in this movie um 96 000 is probably one of my favorites from the movie really liked that one i will say uh, this is kind of leading into the dislikes as well but i will say with that particular song I don't know if you got this as well, but before uh, Cruella, which we reviewed on this show, there was a preview for In the Heights and it was a longer preview and it was just that musical number. So I saw that and I thought, wow, Uh this looks really good. But that's like the most impressive musical number probably in the whole movie. So they really like put their best stuff out there for that clip that they showed before Cruella. So I think that caused me to have really high expectations thinking every musical number would be like that impressive. And it's not, but there are some very cool musical numbers and uh, very like the opening number and then 96,000 and some other ones throughout the movie that are that are very neat. Yes. And that's a perfect segue because this is totally leading into my dislikes. Um, it's a general gripe I'm having in life right now where things are being so overhyped through either. I don't know if it's maybe because we're just happy that a lot of the negativity of the last year is going away. I mean, we still have problems. We still have the Delta variant. We still have things to worry about. Um, And the world is not perfect. However, things are getting better. So I think people are looking forward to the movies and celebrations and parties and books and all sorts of things. And I'm only noticing it. It was probably poor timing because some books I'm reading now or just read, some shows I just watched, and this movie are so overhyped that I go in with this expectation that I am going to get, you know, 
maybe the next La La Land for me or the next like Casablanca or something. And it's not doing that. So this movie ultimately, I think was more of a letdown to me because of how overhyped it was. Same thing with what you said, Jared, about that musical number. You saw that and you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be everything. Then you watched it and you were kind of a little let down, if that's fair to say, because that is Mm -hmm. what happened to me exactly. Um, Which I guess just leads me into... Dislikes for me, the main main issue I had was this movie was way too long. I did not sign up to go. Uh, now, I did, I will say, I would have loved to watch this in the theater, but I'm glad I didn't. But because of getting married in a honeymoon, that wasn't a really good option for me. Um, so I did watch this on, on TV, on HBO. But it was so long. And I would expect a two and a half hour runtime if I went to a Broadway production. I would not expect it from a film. And it's and I think the other issue with it being too long is that the plot we haven't talked much about that, but the plot for this is like very simple for each character. So like the fact that it's dragging out so much is really unnecessary. Like, you know, Usnavi wants to go back to an island and kind of, you know, live live there and yes. you know, go back to his homeland and all of that, which is very cool. Like that's his story. Yep. Like then you have, you know, Melissa or Vanessa who wants to, uh, you know, move into the city and like, that's her big storyline and be a clothing designer. Yeah. And then you have the girl that like is, you know, I forget her character's name, but she's, uh, the one that's Jimmy Smith's daughter. Nina. Nina. That's like, they're having a disagreement about college and how much it costs and all, all that type of stuff. So like you have these storylines, but these storylines are like so simple. They're like, I don't think we need two and a half hours to like resolve this. And this whole thing is kind of, centered around like a power outage basically so they do like days before the blackout and then days after the blackout but i just thought for how simplistic it is it just was really long whereas like it's funny because lin-manuel miranda's other musical hamilton one of the things that they'll talk about with that is that he's cramming so much into two and a half hours so much history and content and they're going so fast and you really have to follow and pay attention and so with this to just have you know, not that much stuff in it was just surprising to me coming from the same guy that did Hamilton. Now he did Hamilton after this, so I'm sure he learned some things, you uh-huh. know, changed some things, all that stuff. But I just didn't really think there was enough story to fill up two and a half hours. Yes. And to be fair, just because I don't know how many people are going to listen to this and absolutely adore this movie. I might be in the minority, but I will say I recognize that it's very hard to follow up something like Hamilton. Hamilton is a once in a lifetime diamond in the rough, like who knew that was going to be the phenomenon it was? But this movie, to me, was just, it was hard to watch this after. Even though I understand and recognize he did this prior to Hamilton, it was hard to watch because of Hamilton. And I will say um, that one of the things that drove me nuts that you mentioned, Jared, about the plots were simple. I totally agree with you, which is why I got even more irritated that a couple plot lines were just left up in the air. The main one I had an issue with was that there was no resolution with Sonny. So Sonny, again, was the nephew that he was looking out for who Mark Anthony was his dad. And you, we just never really got to see where his storyline went. Like, it seemed like he had a promising future and that was kind of wrapped up. But I, I felt like they showed people later in life. But Sonny was the only person they didn't show later after they showed like when they've grown up and started to have kids and stuff. So that was irritating because I think he was easily one of the most loved characters. And then another thing that drove me crazy and uh, people could argue this actually, but 
I did not think that the women, the female characters were super likable or relatable. This could be because I do not have a Latin background. Um, It's not at all that I, the grandma, I loved. The grandma made sense to me. It was Nina and Vanessa. Vanessa seemed so cold, so so very standoffish. And I get that she's driven and independent. And that's fantastic. But she seemed like hard to get to know, even from an outsider who's not trying to fall in love with her. I was like, I don't, I don't know that I relate to this woman or if I want to know her. And then Nina felt too soft to me where she, she just seemed like she was not willing to budge on anything. She was like, I'm not making friends. They don't understand my background. I'm leaving this school. And that's fair. It, I can't imagine how difficult that would be to have your culture not recognized and have no consideration for it. But I also don't think that she should have just been allowed to like quit school and leave because it, it was hard. Um, yeah. So that's my thought. Yeah. Go ahead. Yep. No, I was going to, as, as a dude, uh, I kind of <laughs> have the same feelings that the female characters were just not very relatable in this movie at all. I definitely connected more with like, Uznavi, a uh, Benny Sonny was probably my favorite character in the whole freaking thing um so i just thought that, yeah those characters just came off as kind of cold you didn't get to know them very well and then like the case with uh vanessa um uh-huh. you know like she's not you're like i don't really like her so the, to have the main storyline be that, like uznave wants to fall in love with her and you know take her out on a date and all this stuff it's kind of like i don't really care if that happens or not because i don't really she's kind of like mean bro so. yes i thought she was kind of mean <laughs> And then, okay, so there, there's two things that other people brought up to me. But the last thing I noticed, this could just be me too. I do not love, or I'm, I guess I'm kind of over a story being told to children at the beginning. And then throughout, we're just like telling a story to children. Like flashbacking to that story. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it does work. It works well for some, like Princess Bride. Like sometimes it works really well. But I don't like when people constantly flip back and forth. And this movie did that. We get it. You could have shown me at the beginning, Uznavi was telling these cute little kids about his life. And then we could have seen it at the end. I would have understood that that story, he was telling that story the whole time, but it kept going back and forth. So the kids would ask a question. He would answer the question and it would flip back and forth through time. I don't like that. I think it's a disservice to the audience. I think it's saying viewers are too stupid to remember what's going on. And also, I think it takes me out of the story where I'm just like, wait, what? Oh, are we in Puerto Rico? Oh, are we in New York? Wait, where are we? So I personally didn't like that choice. Yeah, that was kind of an odd choice. Like you said, I think it's fine at the beginning to have that in there. Um, But to keep going back to it and referencing it so many times was kind of like, okay, we get it. You're telling them a story about your, you know, days when you were younger, um, when you were in New York, like we understand. So (laughs) you can move on. Uh, So two other things um, that we have for just not really, I guess, dislikes, but more thoughts. Right. Um, should have Lynn manuel Miranda have been in it or does it detract from it is one question. He also does a little short singing uh, scene with Christopher Jackson, who's also in Hamilton, plays George yes. Washington. So that was very much to me. I felt like, okay, this is getting very Hamilton-ish now. Uh, I don't yeah. know, just because those two actors are so associated with that. And I mean, that's not the only thing they have to do throughout their career, but... I don't know if I needed when Lynn Manuel Miranda in it, um, you know, because he's arguably one of the most recognizable people 
in the in the whole thing you know even if you don't know a lot about in the heights or you don't know a lot about these or anthony ramos or Corey hawkins you've probably at least seen or heard of lin-manuel miranda before just because hamilton was such a big thing so yeah. i mean i don't I don't know if it detracted. I liked that his part was small. That was helpful. If he had had yep. a bigger part, I think it would have been like, what are you doing, man? You you don't have to star in every single thing that you created. Yeah. I So I agree with you. I think my choice would have been that he wasn't in it at all. Um, and what I would have liked better, I did love the end. So if you all don't know, if you stay through the credits, he has that little scene at the end mm-hmm. um, with, what's his, I'm sorry, Jackson. What's his first name? I can't, Christopher. Oh, Christopher Jackson. Christopher Jackson. Yeah. And that was cute. I actually think that was a cute little like ode to Washington or to Hamilton, but I didn't think we needed Lin-Manuel in the movie at all. And I think he's a humble person. I really respect Lin-Manuel. I love him. However, I think enough people know what he's famous for and they know he's responsible for this movie as well. He didn't have to be in it. Like to me, that was just a bit much. Um, That wasn't my original thought. Somebody brought that up to me, but the more I thought about it, the more upset I got about it. Like, yeah, he didn't need to be in this. Why was he in this? And then yeah. the other thing that was brought up to me, Jared, and sorry, you can go back to that if you have another thought. I did want to say that um, multiple people brought up to me lip syncing. I did not notice it. I don't know if oh, I, I was just, I, well, yeah. So Arjun did, a couple friends at work that I talked to did. So I think I just wasn't paying enough attention to that specifically. I was probably watching dancing or like, oh, what a pretty outfit. Um not dumbing myself down, but multiple people who normally I don't think would notice stuff like that noticed it. So to me, it must have been pretty bad if multiple guys recognize the lip syncing. Yeah, I noticed it most with uh, Vanessa, honestly. Um, just she was the one that I noticed it. And I don't know, she may not have been, but just the way her like mouth was moving and how it was, you know, showing up on screen and just looked awkward to me. Like she wasn't maybe really singing or wasn't singing for like the screen, which is different than just singing normally. So she was the one I noticed it with the most, but I also Mm -hmm. noticed it a little bit with like Corey Hawkins as well. So just as like, are they actually singing or are they lip syncing right now? Right. So, right. My only other, Oh, I was going to say my only other thing with Lin-Manuel Miranda is Uh that at certain points in this movie, they will make like little Hamilton references or Hamilton jokes. And I kind of thought this is supposed to be set whenever this is set in New York, Hamilton didn't exist then. So why are you referencing like, you know, that like in, when this play is set, it's before Hamilton comes out in the real world. And this is supposed to be set in a real world setting. So that was kind of my thing is like, why do you have to, you know, shoehorn some of these like, Hamilton jokes in here well, or little they, references. <laughs> they also, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't really, I caught this in the song and I don't remember the lyrics. I don't remember the song, so I can't quote it. But they also brought up something that was a political topic now that had to do with the last administration. That's all I'll say about it. That it's not at all that I disagree and I'm glad they point things like this out. But I'm also like, okay, when this play and everything, when this was first developed, none of that had happened. So I get I get why you're throwing that out there, but I don't know that you needed to throw it out there um, other than to just get people amped up and upset again about something that, you know, I, d- am I making sense? I just know yeah. that they changed lyrics and it reflected the last administration. Yeah, this uh, I just looked and this premiered on Broadway in 2008. 
started getting developed in like 2005 kind of, and then did a US tour and some other things. I mean, it's still like touring some places and things like that. But when it first came out, like you said, none of that stuff had happened yet. So if it's supposed to be set in kind of like present day, you know, New York, you know, then it's kind of weird to put some of those references in there to things that had happened past when it was set. Yeah, or even like even if it was set in 2008, that would have been Obama. Like the stuff they're yeah, referencing yep. was not during the Obama administration. So I I get it. And I also I don't disagree with them for being upset. But I'm also like I don't know that we needed to throw that in this family film that you want people to go see. Like maybe this isn't the platform to bring that up. I don't know. Yeah, Just yeah. a thought I had. So do you want to go ahead and give our grades for this one yes. now? Yes. Okay. Cool. Now, I Let's... truly don't know who goes first. So, I should either. I? I'll just go for it. Yeah, just go for it. So, I don't want anyone to hate me. I'm not giving it a bad score, but this movie, um, ultimately, I think what happened was it was overhyped. So, I was let down. Um, I do think it was exceptionally too long, like, way, like, I can't stress enough how long it was. And also, I thought the plot was pretty, was, was not super well developed. Some plot lines were never followed up on. Whatever. I saw some flaws in this film is what I'm saying. But the choreography, the setting and the music was fantastic. I'm giving this an 85. Very nice. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit lower than you just because, like you said, it was very overhyped. I was Mm -hmm. expecting a lot more. It was very long. I didn't like it as much as Hamilton. But again, that's one of the greatest musicals to ever be made ever um, right you know so i'm gonna give it an 80 uh okay. a little bit lower than you but i still liked it it was still enjoyable Fair. worth a watch especially like on hbo max when you don't have to pay to go to the theater mm-hmm. it's definitely worth checking out but it was not like my favorite movie of the year i don't think it'll be in my top 10 at the end of the year um but it was it was fine for what it what it was so agreed there we go. That's our thoughts on In the Heights. And you can find the Silver Screen Podcast on social media at Podcast Silver on Instagram and Twitter and search the Silver Screen Podcast on Facebook. You can find us there. And also be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen. That really helps us out. We thank you very much for that. In our next episode, we will be reviewing F9, the new Fast and Furious movie. And I've seen a couple of these. Katie, this was her first venture into the Fast and Furious franchise, the official franchise. So many thoughts. So we will be talking about that on our next episode of the Silver Screen Podcast. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy. 